So Claire, we're back for another episode in this series all about autism. And in this one, we're going to be talking about school and about demand avoidance, because obviously school is something that triggers demand avoidance quite a lot because there's, mm -hmm. there's so many demands. Let's face it, those micro demands, right, that happen just to even get out the front door, right, mm -hmm. which is why I've, um, you know, I've I've got a, an off to school with ease um, course that I support people with because that thing of getting up and out of the door in the morning is so challenging at particular and obviously it's actually challenging for all children that transition from getting up and so many transitions between getting up eating your breakfast cleaning your teeth all the different things that need to happen to get out and obviously with a neurodivergent brain that is amplified hugely um mm -hmm. and when you have a PDA which is stands for pathological demand avoidance if anybody doesn't know what what that stands for um with with a that kind of profile as well it's like <laughs> so let's have a conversation about that yes so um so I had a question in my group which was um uh how uh, it was uh, asking about how school can support kids with demand avoidance like any advice that you have for that yeah so demand avoidance is yeah is a really complex part of a presentation and um like you say pda pathological demand avoidance is what i would class as a comorbidity of autism it's not actually an official diagnosis still again alongside sensory processing disorder isn't either and i think those are the two main ones that really should be because they 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 show up a lot. Mm. One of the things that I have noticed and do very much um, sort of believe in as well is that there is different levels of demand avoidance. Yeah. So PDA is extreme um, and will impact on a person's day to day life to an, an extreme extent. Mm -hmm. Usually with a child that's got pathological demand avoidance, any type of school setting is going to be very, very tricky, even if it's specialists, to be completely honest with you, because like you say, there are just so many demands. Yeah. And it's those demands on top of a demand. Yeah. So the um, right, we're going to answer this question now, guys. So that's a demand. You've got 10 minutes to do it. It's another demand, you know, yeah. so it, it kind of it, it can exacerbate. Yeah, other... I mean, I, I was doing a a, um, a, a PDA course yesterday mm. and uh, and they had a lovely exercise for us to do, which was to think about all of the micro demands that are in making a piece of toast. Yeah. Like there's so many when you break it down, there's so many aspects to that yeah. that occur as these micro demands right so yeah. the um what am I going to have on the toast what what kind of bread mm -hmm. um you know uh, uh, are you, you going to um what knife you're going to use out of the drawer mm -hmm. you know all everything the plate choosing the plate all all the things you know there's yeah. so many things when you break it down actually isn't there yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But then I think there is what a lot of autistic children um, experience is what I kind of call sort of autism related demand avoidance. Mm. So it's not quite to the same extent. And what's really great about that is that as long as you know it's there, we can make changes 
to the way that we present to the child that's got the demand avoidance that can really make like the smallest of changes can make a really big difference Mm -hmm. so my son has got autism demand avoidance and that usually means because he's navigating the neurotypical world especially when he was in mainstream school Mm. there would be certain things that would he would find very challenging which would then make him feel anxious so he then wanted he would then avoid certain demands to protect the way it made him feel yeah wanting to have that autonomy wanting to have that control and that's very much where demand avoidance what you have to do is if if a parent or an educator is coming with the mentality of I'm the parent or I'm the teacher you do as you're told uh-huh yeah the demand avoidant child it's you're not it doesn't, it's not work. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't work so no. you know feel free to do it but you're going to cause harm and you're going to really not create a good um, solid relationship mm-hmm. so the biggest thing with demand avoidance in how to help support I found is our use of language yeah yeah. So changing the way that you say things can make a really big difference. Yeah. One of the, the best words I think as well that I use for my son is rather than ask him a question, I kind of go, oh, I'm curious to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Being That's curious. Great. I wonder if I think. Da, 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 da. And he's much more able to engage in that conversation because there isn't a demand for him to give an, an answer and, and the right answer, which is what he yes. gets panicked about. Yeah. It's also is, really- it, is, the, is that thing of understanding that, like, um, asking a question or making a statement. I love that you mentioned the panic because it it it's raising the, the anxiety levels just come straight up like that. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? That yeah. the the anxiety mm. comes up to tr- mm. to try and do do the thing or meet the thing, uh, and so you know if we can be not kind of triggering that anxiety that anxiety you know and it's about a lot with of our language yeah absolutely it's about being respectful and being flexible and compromise is is mm-hmm. really big keys in it so yeah. some of the, the ways in which his demand avoidance will um present itself for so for example he hates being praised mm-hmm if he's done a good job, you're like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. He doesn't like it. He gets very cross and very angry because his demand avoidance kicks in that if I've done a good job, there's an expectation for me to do it again and to do it better. Yeah. So pressure. Um, making decisions is very difficult for him. He worries about if he's going to get the, the the decision wrong or the answer wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, saying hello and goodbye to people um, and opening presents at Christmas or birthdays in front of people because there's mm-hmm. this demand and expectation of how he should respond. Yeah. What are they yeah. expecting from me? So just those kind of things. Being sort of picked on in class to answer a question, mm-hmm. that can be really anxiety-provoking because there's a sudden demand. Yeah. Um, to answer and what was really interesting is he did develop a little self-help technique actually when he when he transitioned from mainstream to specialist um he's he's got this bear that he's very attached to like a lot of children can be um that kind of safety blanket so to speak yeah and for quite a while he used to take that bear into school with him because he used to talk through the bear because to him he was reducing the demand on him himself yeah if he was in math and there was a math question, it would be like, Cubby thinks the answer is five. Yeah. Because if yeah. it was wrong, he hasn't got it wrong. 
the bear's got it wrong or somebody uh-huh. asked him how he was oh cubby's fine or cubby's feeling a bit sad so he kind of communicated and it just lessened that demand on him as a person uh-huh. um, and, and you know i think that's thank you for sharing that because i think that's really interesting you know because that's something parents could use at home you know with with um you know their special bear or mm. teddy or whatever it is um mm. that, that your child has you know that that's mm. such a great tip to be mm. able to to use that you know mm. through through the bear or yeah yeah so yeah sure and one of the other things that he he definitely needs and i think is part of that demand is maybe going since he's gotten a bit older like you say he's 10 now but he does also need to know the reason why for things uh-huh, uh-huh. so if somebody at school is demanding him to do something if it doesn't make sense to him he can't do it yeah yeah um and he, he actually gave me last night we were talking about a situation he's he's in year six at primary and he suddenly decided that he wants to be an adult he doesn't like being a child anymore and he's very cross about it but he was he was getting upset because he couldn't go to a certain part of the secondary school building because they, they're on the same campus yeah and he just said that he couldn't and he and I was really proud of him actually because he said okay I respect that the answer is no but can you explain why I don't understand why Mm-hmm. and they did they understand they explained why which then made more sense to him and then he was able to to process that and be okay with it so and again that feeds into the sort of the, the demand if we're asking him to do something if he doesn't get why I'm doing that he can't then action it yeah yeah which you know I, I and I know this comes down to kind of mindset again doesn't it when we have a parenting style so you know you're on the conscious shift um series here mm-hmm. and you know conscious parenting is is kind of what i do and when we have that kind of old model of parenting where you know if you're coming from the a place of um power over really mm-hmm. and you know our children need to follow the rules and you um you know you reward them for following the rules or you punish them if they don't follow the rules right Mm. which is is not like in a conscious parenting model or gentle parenting model you have firm loving boundaries but Mm -hmm. it's different to it's a lot more collaborative it's respectful it's yeah um you don't get me wrong you're still the parent right Mm -hmm. but there's um yeah it's a completely different approach and so when you're coming from that old model um you know it just doesn't it doesn't it clearly doesn't work you know it, for, it doesn't work your divergent children it, it it doesn't work at all and the thing and is but, think, but also it doesn't work for all children I have no, to say. I'm I just saying that, as well yeah I just I don't know <laughs> when in history that it was suddenly decided that because human beings are a younger age than 18 they don't deserve respect I don't quite know where that's that came from you know and I I wouldn't want I wouldn't talk to my children in a way that I wouldn't want to be spoken to myself it's just Mm -hmm. a a human to human level yeah but yeah if they're neurodivergent if you're going to go by the sort of society normal parenting you know you're the adult they're the child but because I say so yes because I say it's not a a good reason you know is it isn't logical it doesn't make sense <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense and it's it's not yeah. going to have um yeah it's not going to have the outcome 
that you desire yeah and the thing is is that when you are parenting um neurodivergent children what what can be really difficult and feel quite isolating is that we're often made to feel like we are being too soft that we're pandering to our children you're letting them walk all over you you've got to you know don't you know just shove their shoes on their feet and drag them out the door all of this sort of thing it's it's so much more than that yes Um, yeah I mean I I get that a lot with all all of my parents because you know it because it's it's respectful conscious gentle Mm. ways of parenting um where you expect respect the other person as a human being so um and you know the parents often feel like they're being judged or you know people like well you just need to be firm well no it's Mm. it's not that you know Mm. um yeah so yeah so um yeah I think we've covered off demand avoidance and I love um the the distinction that you made actually between pathological demand avoidance and autistic demand avoidance Mm -hmm. you know um yeah that that was really great and some fantastic tips and ideas there as well for for parents to try out so thank you for that and if you're listening and you try out any of those we would love to hear the impact that it has doing that you know with with your children now um we're going to finish up this episode there. If you want to get in touch with either myself or Claire and find out more about her, um, the there's underneath this episode, you'll see links there so that you can contact her. Links there so you can contact me as well. Um, so there's information there for you to tap into. Um, so thanks for listening today.